Hello and welcome to the Lock In Podcast, the show that lifts the lid on life in the pub trade by those working in it. And the morning advertisers, Ed Beddington, and this episode, we're going to be focusing on the relationship between pubs and sports. We're made to take a deep dive into all things sporty, our two leading experts on the topic, and my two favourite co-hosts, Nikki Thatcher and Heath Ball. Heath is the only Kiwi on the planet who not only has no interest in rugby, <laughs> but also dislikes True. the All Blacks. Ah, oh, screw them. Overpaid. Uh, that's probably why he's living in exile in London <laughs> instead of in his borough in Hobbiton. Um, you know how many people ask me to go to rugby games? I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, and they go, <laughs> I'm good. But you're a Kiwi. Yeah, I know, but I'm a Kiwi. And I go, yeah, it's not, yeah, it's not in our genetics. You know is it mean? not? I, I thought it was. Uh, I thought we were just is, born to... I played rugby when I was a kid, played you rugby played league. Rugby. Yeah, I, I did. I, I've got photos what, in the uh, un, under got, two side. I've got photos, right? and you know the great thing about when I was a kid playing rugby. This, is, this, this is how long ago it was. You had hair, we yeah. didn't wear shoes, or uh, we didn't wear um, any rugby boots or anything. Wow! But we just wore bare feet. Turn of the century, it was nineteenth uh, <laughs> um, century. Yeah, but um, yeah. Anyway, uh, Nikki is so utterly opposed to the idea of sport and exercise. She res- resents the fact she has to walk her dog on the rare occasions she can't get her husband, mum, brother, neighbour to walk it for her. I don't think that's true at Is all. it? I mean, no. you generally do not like to walk anywhere. I really actually enjoy walking my dog. We, I walk her every day. Well, no. Yeah, I do walk her every day, actually. That's because you insisted on having the dog and you're yeah. not allowed to say anything otherwise. No, so I love her. Heath is showing us a picture, which, I mean, we've got to put that up, really, haven't we? Wait, um, look at it. No shoes, 1984, Henderson High, West Auckland. He's got hair as well. Look at it. You can't even tell which one's me. No. Uh, no. Uh, that one. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yes. The one with all the hair. <laughs> right, you need to send me that picture and we will put it on the uh, the website there with this go. so uh, people can sit. Um, so basically these two, combined with my own utter total ignorance of most sporting matters, makes us uniquely qualified to discuss the issue of sport in pubs, I would say. Um, this effectively is going to be like that episode of the IT crowd, isn't it, when they went to watch a football match? I don't watch the IT crowd. Oh. I have a lie. Something you'd watch, the IT crowd. Uh. I mean, it's a very pop- was a very popular sitcom. Yeah, yeah. probably with people who had nothing to do on a Friday night. And this draw poll, only one, one in three well, watch it. I was going to say, of, of our six listeners, about one or, one or two will have watched it. So they will know, at least they'll know what I'm talking about, not you two. Yeah. Well, that one went flat, didn't it? Brilliant. Uh, fortunately for us, Nikki has just watched a sporting documentary, so he's now a fan of all it? knowledge of all baby. things sport. <laughs> No. That's a film. No, let's no. take the piss. You're a knob. <laughs> it, it was. It, well, she wasn't watching it what, for the football. What she was watching. I'll tell you what it was. It was yes. a documentary about Wrexham Football Club, and it was very interesting. <laughs> so, and very oh interesting because you were God. watching it for Ryan Reynolds. I don't know what Wait, you're talking about. You were about. telling us something about that earlier. Yeah, I told you. Yeah. Been banging on I, about it all day. Yeah, I have. And I was actually made to watch it and thinking, oh, I don't really want to watch this. Your thing. husband make you watch it. Yeah. Let me really? guess, he sold it to you by going, let's watch this thing with Ryan Reynolds. I mean, it worked. <laughs> I watched it. Because <laughs> I've never seen you so quiet. Yeah. You're like, yeah, shh. <laughs> and I'd just like to point out, I am no expert on sport whatsoever, as we all know. But True. I know a fair bit about sport Wrexham. in pubs. Well, oh. no, nothing about Wrexham. Ryan Reynolds, but yeah. <laughs> you know a fair bit about sport in pubs. Give us, yeah. give us Go a golden nugget. Go what on. is the... Um... No, but I mean, just generally how important it is. Like, I worked in the local pub for 10 years. Mm. It was... Very, very sport-focused. Completely wet-led. And none of this rubbed off on you? Do you want to let me finish or what? Customers might have done. Uh, That was one time. (laughs) Jesus. And 
No, but I worked there for, I don't know, three World Cups maybe? maybe no, probably not three, two. Because <laughs> that's every, three, every 12 years. years. Yeah, but I would get confused. <laughs> She's only 12. With the okay, Rain started. With, <laughs> with the World Cups and the Euros, like football. It all blurs into one. Yeah, as well. yeah, she's such an expert. She hasn't got a clue no, what. That's what I'm saying. Oh, right, I see. That's what I'm saying. I don't know a lot about sport, but mm-hmm. I know how important it is to a, a large, large number of pubs and their customers. Good, okay. thank you for that. Wow, that was uh, really profound. I mean, Actually, stunning, we should get, we should put that stunning insight. That, yeah, that will be wow. the clip we use to promote the podcast. What about that? this? Get fucked, both of you. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Lucky we've only got six listeners. Oh, I mean, I expect that kind of thing from Heath. Oh, anyway, anyway move along. fortunately, we are going to bring in some proper experts to take up the slack. And we'll be hearing from Fanzone's Dom Collingwood, the Freemason at Whistles, Steve Smith, the Butcher and Tap and Grills' Jamie May, Bar Sports' Scott Murray, Royal Oaks' Terry Cole, and Senior Lecturer in Sociology and Criminology at Nottingham Trent University, Dr. Claire Markham and also Stonegate's James Metcalf, who will be talking about how they approach sport as well. And we're recording this episode at the excellent Baton Ball in Stratford, London, part of the award-winning urban pubs and bars estates. Uh, but before we start to kick around some ideas on oh, sport... Oh, God. We've not actually had a pun for a while. We haven't had for I a while, haven't no. missed them. I, I, I just thought I'd head that one in. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, Terrible. Yeah, that's about the extent of my sporting puns are, so you'll be pleased. Well, we'll see Mm. what's what's, uh, down the road. Um, Let's talk about what's been going on. Um, Heath, put your phone down. More train strikes on the horizon. God, all this this country does is strike. I thought we'd saw. I thought they'd sorted the train strikes out. Now they've decided that now, actually, they fancy a bit more. I don't know. 60 grand a year to drive a train, isn't it? Or something like that. It's it's not underpaid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And let's be honest, AI will be doing this in a couple of years anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be running pump in a couple of years, according to some of the things we've been reading this week. But yeah. um, Tesco are opening a pub for the for the correlation. I'm, I'm, well, I'm opening a supermarket. <laughs> going to do bargain. Well, you did dis- during lockdown. Yeah. I did. Yeah, you opened exactly. the bargain booze, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, uh, I was giving it away. Yeah. I'm delivering. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I did yeah. forget about yeah. that. Okay. So they're just. They're what's just, the point of them doing a pub? Um, I have no idea. Nikki, because they can. No, because they can. Are they a British brand? Tesco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You sure? Yeah, very British. Yeah, yeah you sure yeah. the offices aren't in the Cayman Islands or something? Um, I, mm, I don't think so. Okay. No, Just I, asking. I, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't I, shop I, at Tesco. Wouldn't pretend to be an expert. Oh. They, they used to be somewhere in Essex. I don't but, shop at Tesco. Well, where do you shop then? I don't really. Waitrose. <laughs> no, I don't waitrose. waitrose. No, I don't really go to supermarkets. So just use. Use my supplies. Harrods. Yeah. Harrods. I'd Harrods. Harrods. Yeah. Harrods. <laughs> <laughs> I would. If I could go all the way down there, I would. If I had the money to go all the way down there and the money to shop in Harrods, I would. Um, yeah, I mean, Tesco are basically take out for a pub as a publicity stunt for the coronation, which, again, it reinforces how important bloody pubs are. Yeah. The, the, the supermarkets are using a pub yeah, to attract attention during the coronation. I'm surprised the government's not frowning upon that, you know what I mean? Because we're evil. Well, shut them down. Yeah. I think it's only open for two days. Not Is that it? enough time. <laughs> I'd love to, I should go have a look. I wonder what a Tesco's pub looks like. Go down there yeah, Self-checkout. Unexpected item in the bagging area. I've, I've, only, I've, only bought one, I've only got one pint. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Might, might be uh, might be not far off the horizon that one. Um, what are you doing for the coronation? Heath? Chicken. <laughs> have you, have coronation you, chicken. I put some flags up. I put some flags up in the red. Not that I really care about the coronation. No. I put some flags up because I thought some. You know, trying to hitch my 
things there. And I think there might be some Americans in town and stuff. <laughs> well, my customers are like, I didn't know you were a royalist. I said, well, I'm not. They said, what? Well, I'm a Kiwi. Mm. You know, so yeah, I put them up, but yeah, everyone's sort of giving me shit for doing it. Well, I mean, so you basically put some flags up. Yeah. And that's it. I'm not playing any of it. I can't be no. bothered, mate. Screw. Any if you special wanna... dishes you're going to put on the menu? Yeah, come on. This was your chance. We said yeah. last time. This is no, your chance to create a coronation know. dish for it's to last shit, generations. It's just, don't like gimmicks. It's just gimmicky, isn't it? No. It, like, what? Pub and Highgate and Vince's new coronation dish. Mm. Well, I suppose we could get 20 years out of the current king, and then we've got Harry and... Oh, no. Uh, we won't have Harry. We'll have William, <laughs> won't we? I can't oh, keep up. I'd be very surprised if we had Harry. It'd be like it'd be like John Travolta, the comeback king. Uh-huh. Uh, he starts doing movies. He's the king. But of course, I mean, having the coronation means you got an extra bank holiday. You got three bank holidays in May. I do. Um, I think I mean, we're going to get battle worn customers. That's quite a lot of booze. How was, how was the uh, how was the last bank holiday? Yeah, it was actually considering the weather wasn't great. Um, we traded really well. Mm. I think all the pubs did. Mm. Yeah, they all traded really well. So you're expecting that uh, next bank holiday and then the fires. You think fatigue's going to set in, do you? Yeah, I think so. I think people, people are going away. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Mm. Mm. Um, of course, the, uh, the 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 interesting thing we saw this week was uh, last week was uh, fake reviews uh, are in the spotlight. Uh, there's a private members bill going through which could see uh, fake reviews banned. Jeez, um, so that's half a TripAdvisor going down, isn't it? Oh. You're a big fan of TripAdvisor as well. Yeah. And fake reviews. Yeah. But imagine if they do that. That's going to be like, do you know what I mean? Then you, I suppose it'll be like, well, how do I prove it's fake? And then... Well, this is it. I mean, what, what is a fake review? A fake review, is, are they talking about something that's entirely made up of sort of customer that's never been to a site or somebody who's been to a site and they're subjective. just lying? Yeah, well, a review's quite subjective, yeah. wasn't it, anyway? Because so. they can go in and say, well, Heath was really rude to me and the reality was they probably were, but you might right. deny it entirely. So. Yeah. Yeah. But then I suppose, I don't know if there's evidence, I suppose the devil's in but the detail, some, isn't it? Or some, evidence comes into it. I had one the other day and I was, I was away and I get, a, I get it's like 10.30 in the evening and I get a, you've got a new Google review and it's come through at 10.30 in the evening. So I said, no, manager, can you just check this name when they booked? They booked 538 days ago and they've sat at home on a Saturday night and written a review. Was it a good review? No, it was terrible. But they couldn't even spell it. They were obviously pissed up. I'm a bit pissed off. And they're like, yeah, the management were really rude. The, the beef was really fatty and we took photos and they did nothing about it. What the fuck do you want me to do with the photo? Mm-hmm. You didn't even send me the photo. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So like, they, they waited five, how many days? Oh, 538 days. 538 days. I don't days. remember when they came. I mean, we know, we got track, we can track. Mm, yeah, but I mean, that's letting something fester, isn't it? I mean, it must have really pissed them off. Yeah. Oh, but they waited to wait that no, time. No, but no, what it is. still annoyed them if, after all that time. If you're time. really pissed off, you do it at the time or the, at, you know, the next day. You don't sit at home on a Saturday night going, Well, they do Remember? say revenge is a dish best served cold heat. Fucking so, uh, <laughs> 538 days. <laughs> <laughs> that, be, that beef is decomposed. <laughs> I mean, that, but what? I don't, I mean, Mate, must, the, you must have pe- really pe- been eating pe- them up. People are, they just, you can't, like, it's just... They sometimes they just don't know how to express themselves in life and they can't, they're just so angry all the time that their only, the only satisfaction they have is to sit on a computer and, and do some sort of sadistic revenge on a business because they're upset one day and a lot of the times they're just having a bad day and the person they're with is winding them up and the kids are winding them up and they just don't know how to express themselves. So they go home and write shit reviews. Is he describing himself? Do you know? While he was doing oh, that, yeah. I was thinking that literally that sounds you. like... I don't write reviews, Ed. Not yet. I don't. I don't. If you didn't I run don't. a pub, that would be I don't. it. Oh, you know what I do if I don't like a place? I don't go back. 
Mm. I just don't go back. Mm. I don't waste my time. You're not saving the world from the evil overlord pub, you know, from writing a review. It's no good. People don't go and people mm. soon vote with their feet. They don't need, you know, Karen at home writing a fucking two-page essay. We get, we get them. I mean, people write into us about top 50 gastro pubs mm. complaining and saying they shouldn't be on the list. I mean, how spiteful do you have yeah. to be and petty? Yeah to then go after other people to try and ruin a business's reputation. But they do. But also, why do they, like, why do they care? Why do they have that much time no, and because care peop- about because that business that they want it to fail so but they, much? But why have they not got anything else in their life But it's expectations, about? and this is the problem. You're in the top 50, there's an expectation, and they have this image in their head, and they, they book the venue, and they've waited months to get a table, and they get there... And a lot of the times, the top 50 gastro pubs are just pubs that do really good food, and it's yeah. not you know it's not witchcraft or anything. And they get there, and it's it's, it's a special occasion because it's Dad's birthday, and oh my God, they don't have red tablecloths, or they don't have this, and why aren't there flowers on the table? And their expectations are so unreasonable that they're so upset, and then everything just falls apart. That explains why we don't get any complaints about you. Oh, expectations expectations are so low I hear this guy's a right prick he's like he is, he is well up. done yeah, here we go box um, would you charge for butter Heath I, it, we, the problem is it, we, butter's expensive right now mm. butter's, butter's expensive ketchup's expensive mm. Dijon mustard's 50% 56% more expensive olive oil's you know the drought in, um, that's happening in Spain you've got all these things so where do you end up charging like because if you're going to charge for every little, you know, you're going to become right here. So is that uh, a no? Uh, I wouldn't. I mean, would you? I don't uh, like having arguments with people contrary to uh, what. Sorry? It, yeah, just, mm. there's no point. <laughs> there's no, yeah, no, but if they can start it, I'll finish it. But, <laughs> <laughs> no, but you can't, there's no point if someone goes, can I get some butter, please? What's the, what are you going to, what are you achieving? Like, I hate when you go to a restaurant and they give you ketchup and they, they squirt it out in a little ramekin and you dip your chip in it and it's all gone. So I give them bottles of ketchup, right? And then you complain when you see them going. Yeah, well, it's. It, it, I worked like. it out today. The ketchup I bought today is 56 pence for 100 mils. So they're using 50 mils of ketchup. It's quite expensive mm. at addition. But at the same time, there is nothing worse than giving those little ramekins. So, but do you not factor this into your to, into the cost? though, generally, yeah, I mean, you, you've got to, If we were factoring everything into costs with food inflation and everything that's moving so quick, you'd basically be putting the prices up 20 percent of the week. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like you'd have to. It would just. And all we're doing is absorbing costs and the government's just getting more VAT. It's just, it's crazy. Mm. But yeah, would I charge for butter? Would I charge for gravy on a Sunday? No. Because I, as I've found, people in the north of this country like to have ramen roasts. The people in the south <laughs> like a bit less gravy. So, I like it. So is there anything that you, gravy, that you do so. charge more for? We charge, we charge for... His, we his charge trip for, advisor reviews. We charge for focaccia <laughs> and olive oil and balsamic vinegar. We charge yeah. for that. But there's nothing we charge extra for. I suppose if they said, can I have two extra Yorkshire puddings or something like that, I might charge, but generally nah mm. you know I suppose you know I'm losing out but at the same time if you charge them for extra gravy you're sitting in an argument with people and you're at the table how, how, how precious is your time you stand there and they're getting really upset and well you know this restaurant I went to the other week I don't want to have a conversation with you Karen <laughs> here's, here's, here's the gravy enjoy you know we were, gonna, we were going to put a big tea in downstairs with gravy because we get asked for extra gravy all the time and I say, Chef, just put more gravy on. He goes, I'm putting quite a lot, but people like a lot of extra gravy. Mm-hmm. And he didn't want to give me a tea on downstairs because he goes, it takes me three days to make. Yes. So you asked for it nicely. And it wouldn't look that classy, would it? Sort of basically pouring the uh, gravy I'd out. I'd do it in a bikini if that helps. <laughs> that wouldn't help. <laughs> on that note, I think we're going to park that one. Hey, hey, wait, 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 wait. Oh, oh. Just want to say, mm. I'm, I'm, it's so oh, exciting to see Jamie Oliver come back into the industry. <laughs> I, I reckon there's a lot of suppliers out there who are really looking forward to this. <laughs> and staff. 
Brilliant. Let's park that there then, shall we? <laughs> Maybe edit that bit out. You're listening to the Lock In Podcast, and we're talking all things sport. Now, considering that my fellow co-hosts are utterly shite when it comes to all things sport, I've drafted a couple of experts to help us on this. Right. There we go. Well, that's true. Do you know anything about sport? Yeah. Do you? You, just, you watched a documentary last night. Yeah. Yes. I brilliant. watched women's volleyball all day long. And he's possibly brilliant. Okay, we're not going to go there. Nice. I am delighted that we've got uh, Fanzo's Dom Collingwood on hand, along with James Metcalf, Director of Marketing, Planning, Insight and Innovation with Stonegate. Probably the longest title I think I've had so far for a while there, James. That's, uh, that's quite impressive. Yeah, um, <laughs> Indeed. Uh, obviously, Stonegate runs the uh, excellent sports bar and grill and uh, the famous Three Kings, uh, the award-winning sports pub of the year, about four or five times on the trot. So um, hopefully you know a bit about sport. Because um, Ethan... Nicky, I've got no so, idea. No, no, they don't. Um, so let's start with a nice, easy one for you, James. I mean, how, how important is sport to pubs? Uh, hugely important um, especially for us I was looking at a few numbers yesterday actually and if we were to treat sport as a kind of brand or format it would be probably our second biggest format Um, so that gives you an idea of the scale of kind of revenue that it drives for us across the estate Um, and we have varying levels of I guess how it fits into the reasons to visit but based on the brands and formats as you said we've obviously got um, brands and formats that are famous for sport historically when you think about walkabout sports bar and grill um, we've got our social pub and kitchen format where sport is a really key kind of um, reason to visit for us and that covers across most of the kind of high street city centre led pub formats and then also actually with craft union the operator led business um, it's a hugely important part of their their main offering um, kind of in the more kind of community wet led um, estate uh, and um, it continues to go from strength to strength really for us. Um, so uh, we treat it, we have a separate kind of marketing division that looks after all of our central sports functions, mm. um, which again gives you an idea of its importance um, and really forms part of our kind of ongoing annual um, annual planning process to make sure that we've got a coherent strategy and we deliver clear blue water between the different brands and formats, but also we maximise all of the different kind of key occasions um, events and kind of more business as usual sport when we think about things like the Premier League. So, so yeah, it is a, a key part of our offering. Fantastic. And, and I mean, why why is sport so entwined with pubs? Why why is the the, the sport such a big part of the pub experience? Maybe Don, maybe you could uh, you can answer that one. Well, I think inherently sport is one of, alongside maybe only live music, you know, one of the few things left that we experience live Mm. and one of the few things left that has the ability to spontaneously uh, see hundreds of people you know joined together in a single moment of shared euphoria uh, and connect people across any sort of divide so you know I think about uh, one of my favorite sporting memories in my mind you know going to a pub called the Regent on Liverpool Road in London for England versus Columbia in the football the men's football world cup in 2018 and if you remember the time uh, of the world uh, you know then you know there's quite a lot of division in the country I mean still quite a lot of division now um, perhaps but you know at that time you know when you walked into the pub to support England it didn't matter whether or not you were white collar blue collar Brexit remain 
Arsenal, Tottenham, in that moment, you were just an Arsenal fan. And when Eric Dyer's penalty hit the back of the neck, there was an, something happens where a group of people come together and feel this great sense of, of connection. Mm-hmm. And part of that is the unscripted theatre that sport allows us but part of that is also the connected tissue that sport allows which is is pretty unrivaled and of course when you think about those two things uh, particularly the social community you know there is no better place to experience that community than in in the pubs and bars of of this country I mean, it's, it, 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 it requires management, though, doesn't it? I suppose it, it, it's um, it's something you've got to sort of look after. I mean, Heath is um, is doesn't run uh, sports events in his pub primarily because you've got lots of diners around. You don't want sort of rowdy crowd shouting at the telly. How, how how do we manage those those processes? Maybe James, that's one for one for you. Yeah, I think um, I think a huge amount of planning, um, particularly around um, some of the major events so if we think about just a, a, an easy example in terms of the world cup uh last christmas which was obviously a huge challenge in terms of managing both the world cup and christmas trade mm-hmm. actually um where we knew there was an england fixture we, we didn't take any christmas bookings for those for those actual games because we didn't want that those two crowds to cross over so mm-hmm. there is um, a huge amount of planning that goes into into it and also I suppose within our core um, sports estate, understanding how we zone the sites as well. Mm. So where we're taking um, bookings, making sure that we're centralising our sports bookings into certain areas. And if we know that there's other booking, corporate bookings, trying to split them up from those two individual groups. So, so it comes down to a huge amount of planning. We've got a pretty sophisticated pre-booking system um, that, that we use in order to be able to, to do that um, and, a, and a significant team um, that sit and manage all of those bookings that they come in to make sure that we're not kind of crossing over in terms of objectives of those bookings. So, so I guess kind of core core planning um, mm-hmm. would be the, would be the main thing. And, and which which kind of sports uh, and events and things are, are provide the best returns for pubs? Which ones do you sort of focus on most of games? So, look, it's it's still football um, and probably most specifically the Premier League um, the, the Premier League is still the one that drives the most kind of consistent footfall and revenue for us um, the Champions League um, has been a bit more of a struggle than it has been in the past I think particularly when you think about kind of more macro consumer um, dynamics of people coming out a little bit less but spending more when they do go out I think it's they're being more choiceful mm. on, um, on the times when they're going out to watch sport and I think that's probably impacted some of the midweek events um, the Six Nations, uh, particularly with it being on terrestrial, that allows us to have kind of more significant scale than we get across some of the Premier League or fixtures that are behind a paywall. Um, and that consistently is a strong deli- delivery for us. Rugby is probably the biggest growth mm. um, area in terms of sport. Um, you also get, in general, a higher spend per head. Rugby fans tend to. Um, and this is not me thinking about myself um, necessarily um, and, and probably Don but rugby fans tend to eat and also tend to probably drink a little bit more and therefore have a higher spend per head mm-hmm. um, but, but we've also seen a big growth in boxing and actually okay. when we look at our numbers the spend per head is probably the highest for boxing right. okay. um, and, and we as a business have made a concerted effort to invest into the pay-per-view um, events um, so we have to think about the last Tyson Fury fight we had 800 sites showing that across the managed business so that's pretty much 
best part of 80% of our entire managed business showing that. Mm. Um, and that we see a return on that um, across the board. The AJ fight, probably a little bit less so. Um, I think that might be a little bit to do with kind of his his own individual fortunes over his last few fights. Mm. Um, but we've seen a big, big growth in boxing. And, and look, we're, we'll, we'll come on to it, but we're looking to try and be as inclusive as possible to understand what the future opportunities look like. Absolutely. Uh, Dom, I mean, does that reflect what you see? Yeah. Yeah, I I think I'd just like to maybe add some colour to to what James has said, which I I completely agree with. So we we did a really, really interesting study with CGA uh, a a few years ago where we looked across a huge range of pubs. It was about 4,000 pubs in the study. And we looked at the sales data and measured the sales uplift versus a control group of non-sports pubs or sports pubs that didn't show the particular events and, and actually started to quantify uh, on, on a national level what different sports per worth and, and to echo a couple of things that James has just said you know, by far and away the highest uh, performer there was Premier League and that was mm-hmm. 43% of all sports uplift through the year came during Premier League games and you know, the, the next highest, I think, was was in the high teens. Now, it's very easy to get focused on the 43% there instead of thinking about the 57%, which doesn't have quite the same bulk, mm-hmm. but is nevertheless, you know, some big events like Six Nations, boxing that James has mentioned, mm-hmm. and also the long tail. And I think one of the things that we found really powerful talking with operators at that stage was to say, you know, because we, we were very, very, you know, common thing that we would have heard, and I'm sure that you and, and, and Keith and, and, and others will, will have heard this before, you know, oh, Sky Sports, it's £20,000 a year, but it's only really for the Premier League. You know, that's not really worth the return investment for us. Or we only show the Premier League. It's a common thing that we hear mm-hmm. fans saying, like, this pub only shows Premier League. So just, just to put that in context and an analogy, you know, Premier League is worth 43% of the sales uplift from your Sky or your BT subscription, mm-hmm. uh, and everything else for 57%. So imagine buying a keg of beer... And selling the first 35 pints mm. and then throwing the next 53 pints down the drain. Mm. Now, we'd never do that with beer. And yet, as operators, sometimes that's what we're doing with our sports subscriptions. And I think part of that is that we have a problem of perception where we feel that a good return on sport is a pub that is absolutely ram-packed full of 100 sports fans. Mm. You know, actually the pound in the pocket of the hundredth person in the pub to watch a sports event is worth no more or no less than the pound of the first person to walk in and watch a quiet game of NFL on a Sunday evening in your pub over some food. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yet, we, I think we're constantly, as an industry, failing to take advantage of, of those things. And, and, and one final thing I would say on that, absolutely agree with James on, on kind of the growth of boxing over the last five years. The thing that we are absolutely seeing in our data at the moment in terms of the difference between the supply and demand of fans searching for pubs versus pubs showing the games, the biggest growth area um, in terms of volume, perhaps it's rugby, as James says, but if you look at what is now trending as boxing was doing six or seven years ago, it's Formula One. And a lot of that is coming from probably the exposure that Drive to Survive has given on on Netflix. But we constantly see fewer people looking, but far, far fewer pubs making it part of their 
their, their kind of sports portfolio. So there's so many opportunities in yeah. inverted commas niche sports out there that are, that are, that are available to, to operators. Well, that's interesting because I guess I've always sort of looked at things like Formula One and cricket, you know, these very long and golf, I suppose, as well. You know, these games or these, these sporting events that take a long time. Um, you know, just watching tr- cars going round and round in circles. Um, it's not something that, that, that you, you tend to. Would you go to the pub to watch? But I guess you're right. Maybe it is something that that will tempt people in um, on those on those quieter times, especially for their friends think, going um, out now. Mm. I think de- definitely there is an opportunity there. The, 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 I think the historical challenge has been the the Grand Prix generally being on a Sunday afternoon and therefore competing with a lot of kind of mainstream sport. Mm. Um, we're we're doing a bit of work at the moment with Red Bull to understand understand the opportunity. I think we need to become famous as a business for showing F1 and therefore when I come back to the piece earlier I was talking about zoning, mm. looking at understanding how we can zone our sites. Actually F1 fans, even more so than football fans, want to hear the commentary. Um, and also where possible want to dive into the stats Mm. so we're looking at how um, so in the the new site I I talked about earlier Clubhouse 5 we um, are working with Sky around how we can use red button content Mm. on video wall um, spaces in order to be able to show the interactive element of their Grand Prix um, coverage Mm. in order to be able to give that added value experience for an F1 fan because that F1 fan is so particular and when they're watching at home, they are using all of that interactive content in order to be able to dive into where their individual, the, the, um, the driver that they're following, the stats, the race times, all of those elements. Mm. And I think that's the bit that will drag that F1 fan off the sofa because yeah. we're trying to You're commit value. to delivering, delivering them the experience that they receive at home. Yes, yeah, yeah that's a good point. Um, Nikki, you, uh, you have a question. I do, yes, yeah, I have a question uh, about women's sport. So um, you, you talked about inclusivity, James, earlier and about how, I want to ask about how women's sport now, it's, it's becoming so much bigger than it ever has been before. What can we do to support women's sport more in the sector? Absolutely, and, and look, the, um, the growth even for us has been phenomenal. We've done some great work recently. We've partnered with Her Game 2, um, kind of in the more football space, but also with Guinness around the Women's Six Nations. Um, and, and again, similar to what I was mentioning there about the F1, it's a commitment to showing women's sport in exactly the same way as we would show men's sport on the big screens with the sound um, and, and also breaking down some of the barriers around men watch men's sport and women watch women's sport. That's not that's not the case at all and actually um, we've seen huge growth across um, the women's football obviously I think I saw an amazing stat from Sky that 1.4 million people watched the women's Euros final out of home so in the pub which is brilliant we had around a thousand sites showing the game across Managed and Craft Union so a big commitment um, from us and actually it drew in a fantastic crowd um, who were very easy to look after with a high spend per head lots of families big groups um, exactly the sorts of customers that we would, we would like to draw in um, and I mean I was watching the um, the England-France Grand Slam decider in the Women's Six Nations on, on Saturday in a pub um, simultaneously to the West Ham game and, and everybody was quite happy watching the two games both were sound brilliantly zoned um, and it all worked really well so again it's a commitment that we as an industry need to make in order to be able to say look we are showing we are get, getting exactly the same viewing experience as if you're watching um, a men's game because undoubtedly the opportunity is there and will continue to grow. 
Fantastic. Um, conscious we are pretty much out of the time, guys. Um, one last question. Uh, I think we may have already asked this, but uh, which sports runs are the best? It, it's obviously rugby, isn't it? <laughs> it depends. I guess it depends what the uh, what the question is. I'll, I'll let um, I'll let Dom uh, answer this one for a little bit, and then I can chip in if yeah, I did wonder whether this was about what sports fans or which clubs uh, are the best. <laughs> I, I think, you know, I, I, I think ultimately that the answer to this question, you know, depends on what your broader strategy is and who your target consumer is as an operator. You know, if you are a wet-led operator um, that has, you know, is maybe located near to a Premier League stadium and has a very, very strong community feel, then, you know, clearly you know, your core audience is going to mm. football, you're going to be able to deliver football really well, and you're going to need to be conscious of local rivalries and what might, you know, be, be need to be managed within your local area. You know, if you're a food-led venue that is much more family-oriented, you know, you're going to want to lean into rugby for that spend per head. And then also, you know, just to come back to your point, Ed, about sports that take a, a huge amount of time, and, and there are lots of these. I think one of the things that we should also distinguish between is some sports are footfall drivers and some sports are dwell time extenders. Yeah. So if you think about something like a tennis match, very, very few people, you know, looking at our data, very few people will look for a pub showing Novak Djokovic versus Roger Federer in the final of Wimbledon. <laughs> But you can be sure that if there are people who've gone to the pub on a Sunday afternoon to have a jug of Pims or a glass of cider or whatever it is, and they see in the corner that Federer Djokovic has gone to a fifth set, mm -hmm. they're actually extending their stay. They go into the bar and they're settling in for another couple of drinks and maybe some more food. So being conscious that sport might not always be the reason for visit, mm -hmm. but it might be a reason for keeping someone in the venue is also something that it's worth, worth bearing in mind as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think if I can, if I can chip in, I suppose just just on if I think about a different way of answering the question, all sports fans are good fans for us because we know that they're in general a higher spend per head against the average. They've got a greater frequency of visit to the on trade, and actually, probably more than any other um, customers, are premiumizing rapidly. Mm. So about a third of customers are looking to experience sport in a more premium environment. When I think about some of our competitors, and if you've ever watched sport at Brigadiers in Cannon Street and yeah. people spending 100, 150 pounds on a, on a meal whilst they're watching football. When I think about some kind of more historical views of football fans aren't premium fans, I just send them to go and look at look at the kind of environment that that is, mm. people eating fine dining and watching football. There is a huge opportunity to tap into a rapidly premiumizing customer and we're seeing that in our mix as well. So mm. standard lager into premium world lager, which is just good news for us. Um, so a bigger opportunity to drive higher spend per head from that group of customers, which are hugely valuable customers. So to us, all fans are good fans. Fantastic. Very uh, diplomatic answer there, James, but uh, some good points <laughs> as well. Anyway, guys, we are well over time, but thank you very much for that. Some really interesting thoughts. You're listening to the Lock In Podcast with myself, Ed Bennington, Heath Ball and Nikki Thatcher. We're talking about sport and pubs, but not all pubs embrace the opportunities around sport. Heath, for example, prefers to distance himself, mainly because he doesn't understand the rules. Uh, and certainly high-end food operations, notice I didn't reference you there, Heath, uh, in that one, are traditionally not the kind of places where you'll catch the midweek fixture while you sample an eight-course taster menu. However, that's not entirely the case, and I'm delighted to welcome... Uh, uh, Tom
top chef Stephen Smith from one of the UK's leading gastropubs, the Freemason and Whistle, along with Jamie May, butcher and chief executive at the Butcher's Tap and Grill. Guys, thanks for joining us. No, thank you. Good afternoon. So, as I said, you know, fine dining and sport isn't isn't a common combination. Um, obviously, uh, Jamie, you're part of the Kerridge Group. Tom has done it at the at the coach and and at your side as well, the Butcher's Tap and Grill. But it's not yep. something you, you you stumble across often. So, maybe Steve, let's start with you. You're you're one of our one of our sort of uh, pubs up at the top end of the uh, top fifty gastropub list. Um, you know, you've just started showing sport at your chef's table. Just talk us through that. What are you doing? Well, basically, what what wanted to do was we, we wanted to do a, a chef's table and, and, and be very very serious about the food and, and the service, um, but we wanted it to to feel like a pub, um, you know. So we put a bit we put a TV up on the wall, a big big sixty inch TV, uh, and we show every sporting event going. And you know, we're, we're in a very sort of rugby footbally area, massive massive cricket as well. You know, traffic yeah. just down the road. So, you know, you've got a, a lot of, uh, you know, discerning diners uh, that want to come out, and but they want to come out and have a, a lad's afternoon and, you know, watch football, watch the horse racing, so on and so forth. And it, it, it just works absolutely superb. We did the Gold Cup, we've done the Grand National just just the other weekend. Um, and it, it just gives us an extra, you know, I, I don't think uh, food is just enough these days. Um mm. And as many different angles and, and different sort of experiences you can, you can give, you don't have to watch the football in there, mm. but it's just another added experience and, and it serves us really, really well. Okay, well, I'll tell you, we'll, we'll come back and pick up on a bit of that. Um, let's just turn to Jamie. You're, you're a bit unusual anyway, in the fact you're also running a, a butcher's shop alongside a pub. How, how does sport fit in with, with butchers and, and beer and food and everything else? I think that just slots in perfect, you know. It's kind of all day long. We've got the we've got three large screens and we've got sport on from the moment we come in to the moment that we leave. So football, cricket, rugby, um, Grand National. We just had snooker final on Sunday and Monday. Um, I think it's just what customers want. Customers feel really relaxed, you know. You can walk into a pub, have a pint, watch a bit of sport, or you could come in for the evening and, and have one of our larger cuts from the, from the counter, whether it's a T-bone or a Cote de Boeuf and sit there all night and I think it's yeah it's um it's been hugely the counter to grill option mm. with with sport has been a huge success and, and yeah it's, it's brought in I wouldn't say a different clientele it's just made the clientele have a different option to just having you know a pint and a burger since we've been doing the steaks the steaks have been yeah very very popular do you, do you think that that's kept people in longer, Jamie? Because I know, I mean, in, in back back when you launched, I know we, we we sort of came and saw and we talked about you know people popping in for uh, uh, to pick up the sausages and then uh, having a yep. shifty pint while they were uh, yep. while they were there. Are you still, seeing the still sport? happens now? That still happens every Saturday morning. <laughs> <laughs> and is and is, is is the sport then keeping people there longer? Would you say? Yeah, definitely, and, and there is a lot of um, inquiries that people are calling up whether we're watching, can we watch this match, can we watch that match. We're very fortunate, obviously, we've got three screens, mm. so we can actually play two different events at the same time, um, so that can kind of cater for different groups coming in, you know, it's not just we can only show one match, but yeah, we, we can have the football on, the rugby on, so yeah, and it's definitely, definitely keeping people here longer, and if it's an early kickoff, you know, they might come have a bit of lunch and then because the counter's there they're seeing meat they're either go out into the garden which was happening this weekend because obviously the weather was glorious mm. um, or they're purchasing stuff like our 
amazing barbecue boxes and, and taking those home and then and then cooking at home. Mm. And, and Stephen, you're you're you only do it around the chef's table. You don't do it in the rest of the uh, the sites at all. No, just just on the chef's table, just as a as a and as, Steve- as an extra option. Um, but and the thing as well with the TV. You know, the chefs get to watch it as well. So, you know, so it, it, it's again, it's just adding, it, which they, which they love. You know, yeah. which they love, uh, you, um, and, it, and it, it, it's not an issue for them to, you know, if it's their team in the FA Cup final, you know, then they get to watch it. Um, so everyone's a winner, really. The customers and the staff, the staff love it as much as the customers. So mm. that that's been a huge success as well for it. And what about the cost of? If you got Sky, BT Sport, how does the cost? work out if you're only doing it in one part of the venue at your chef's table yeah well, it's just it's it's a separate it's a separate building so so we've so we've got so we've got sky in there um so we, we just do the we just do the sky it's got completely separate to the pub it's on it's on the back end of um it's on the back end so it's it's a completely separate business is the kitchen so obviously we're not doing the sky in the pub because it's just too expensive you know mm. too expensive so hence why we just do it um, just do it in the chef's table but we wanted it to we wanted to just do it in the chef's table so it was you know to make that chef's table extra special I don't think that doing it in the pub would suit so yeah we just just do it in the chef's table and, and, and it, it just keeps getting busier and busier and it's interesting you were saying about you know food isn't enough anymore um, I mean, you're 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 in, you're a high-end gastro pub. You know, you're you're at the at, at the top of the top of the game on that. Um, I mean, he, you don't show any sport. I mean, is what, what's your thoughts on that? I mean, you, your doesn't suit like it, it, it wouldn't suit the pub. No, it's just it's just not sit out for it. It'd just be a car crash. And we're in Arsenal territory. It'd just be it'd just be carnage. You, wanna, you imagine Arsenal Tottenham playing at home. What about in the, just in the rear garden at the back there? Nah. You could uh, you'd have a little, uh, a little mini stadium. Nah, no? nah, I'd rather duck it. Yeah. <laughs> um, what what's, what sport is is most popular, um, Jamie? Maybe maybe with you. I mean, what do you, what do you see? What 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 gets the most traction? Football, just massive, massive football matches. Mm. You know, Champions League, World Cup, um, but then saying that the most recent Grand National you know it was we were absolutely full leading up to the race and then obviously it was amazing atmosphere when the race was on and then literally that just continued um, continued in the restaurant and then also with our takeaways it just it just stemmed on from that so yeah the, the Grand National is, is the most recent one to, to speak of but any any sort of huge Champion League Champions League match, matches um, that sort of stuff yeah so yeah Right. And what about you, Stephen? What 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 sport are people looking for when they're when they're booking your chef's table? Generally, it, it, it's it, it's a it's a real real mixed bag. Um, you know, obviously, you know the horse racing, Cheltenham Gold Cup and Grand National. They're they're, they're booked already for next year. Uh, FA Cup final, booked. Um, Champions League final booked when it was mm. the World Cup and and Euros and things. So people people are, people are specifically it, booking in for for sporting events, then, aren't they? <laughs> Yeah, you know, listen, we've got, like I say, we've got regulars that come who, you know, it's very much a massive crickety, rugby, football. So there's certain different groups of regulars that will just say, you know, they might be massive rugby fans. You know, England are playing, can we book X, Y and Z, Six Nations. So for us, it's a real, real mixed bag. Mm. It's not just necessarily football, Mm. big football matches. I'd say... 
it, it's it probably serves more of, of, a, of as a as much as the chef's table as you know if it was somebody's you know 50th birthday um, and they're a massive massive Man United fan and it just happened to fall on a Sunday and they were playing Man City well they wouldn't come out and book it mm. but and they wouldn't have the but because they can come and bring all the family on that day then then they're still coming so I suppose it almost almost serves as a bit of a bit of a private members club for our regulars as well who want to bring the friends along mm. and, yeah, yeah. And, and enjoy the sport and say you know oh by the way my, my local has you know we, we can watch the uh, watch the rugby we come along uh, and, and they, they always have a tasting menu as well so you made it it's... sound so appealing until you said and they bring the whole family along oh. I'm like oh my yeah. god <laughs> <laughs> no not well listen, not your family uh, not, not my family not, not your family a lot, a lot of them are, a lot of them are generally boys uh, <laughs> okay. uh, boys events can, to be honest can I just ask a quick question about no. women's oh, sport well I'm oh gonna. god oh. what's the, what's the whining and groaning about nothing, I, nothing you stood on my toe um <laughs> Uh, women's sports, obviously, women's football is is becoming bigger and bigger. Has there been any impact on that with with your sport offer to to both of you, Steve and Jamie? Um, yes and no. Mm. Um, <laughs> you know, generally, without you know, I'm trying to put it the right way, but generally, it's the it's Careful. the men that it's the men that book the events and want to to come out. But of course, yeah. you know, it, we would we'll show anything mm. we'll show we'll show any sport but at this particular moment in time I, I wouldn't say that we've specifically got people saying oh can we come to chef's table because you know x y and z you know women's yeah. events is on so but again you know to be honest a point well made and maybe maybe something that when when the you know major sporting events are on for the ladies something mm. we could probably look at pushing to be honest what, what about you, Jamie? Have you have you sort of seen any uplift at all around uh, yeah, so the Euros and things like that? Oh yeah, definitely. You know, there was there was big crowds watching the Euros, and it wasn't just you know groups of ladies coming out. It was it was men, and, and everyone was getting behind them. And yeah, there was, it definitely impacted trade, and it was definitely a lot busier. You know, and we're very we're very lucky where we're located because obviously there's Bisham Academy just over the bridge, and that's. The national hockey team trained there, and went, oh, I think they won in the Olympics, or they did very, very well in, in a and then they they came in, they come and eat. So they're they're all you know, it's all it's all very positive impacts on us, and, it, and it's yeah, it makes makes the place a lot busier and just and it brings a, an amazing atmosphere with it. You know, if there is, I think I think women's sport is is massively on on the um, on the up and it should be treated the same as a as a, a men's football match. You know, and and mm showing it and and the diversity of people coming in to watch it I think it's I think it's only going to grow grow and grow and I think over this year yeah, next definitely. year the next four years I think it's going to be huge and, and yeah. very very positive fantastic uh, one final question actually guys um, and, and briefly because we're running out of time um, I mean has it, has it changed your food offer by showing sport I mean particularly you Stephen at a chef's table you know you normally associate sport with more sort of finger food wings burgers things like that but are you still aiming for that sort of high-end sort of dining? No, I, I, it hasn't changed the food offering mm. one bit. They're still, you know, they're always going off the menus. Um, mm. You know, the only time it changes the food offering is is when we do, um, you know, things like the Rugby World Cup where, when we were doing breakfast and things like that and people were coming in to watch it. Mm. Um, but, but no, not at all. Uh, they, mm. Everything that they eat is always off the current menus. Mm. Um, and it's just about timing. So if it's a five o'clock kickoff, then generally they'll come and yeah. have lunch. 
and then they'll dine afterwards. If it's an evening kickoff, eight o'clock, then they'll come early doors, mm. dine, and then watch watch the football after. Right. Okay. So yeah, you know, it just it, depending on what time of day. So no, they, they they literally are eating what we serve day in day out, um, and I think that's the that's the that's the beauty of it. Fantastic. Okay, and and Jamie, how about you? Have you, uh, have you have you amended your food offer as a result of it, or? Well, obviously, the food that we do here is perfect, kind of for all sporting events. You know, we have chicken wings, Scotch eggs, mac and cheese, and then the burgers. But yeah. obviously, on top of that, with with the steak offering, I think that's kind of slotted in perfectly. But we've also, from last year, we were running a. Last year it was a guest chef burger series. Mm. So from last May, started off with Claire Smith and it moved on to Daniel Clifford, Jason Afton. And then from February this year, we've been doing kind of, well, celebrities, guests, so people that Tom know. So we had Andy Oliver, Lisa Snowden, and then this month we've got Bez from Happy Mondays. Okay. Um, so we've just got a burger designed by him that's got watermelon ketchup on there. <laughs> um, he's actually coming in tomorrow to taste it and just... Uh, just to prove it and see that he is happy with it. Um, it's it's yeah, twisting his melon heath. Yeah, he's ready to twist his melon. To explain the cultural <laughs> reference to the kiwi now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I think I think our food offering slots in perfectly with any sporting event. And since doing the, doing the steak and the counter to grill, I think that's just that's just improved the offering that we do here. Fantastic. Brilliant, guys. Well, we are out of time, but thank you very much for that. Much appreciated. You're listening to the Lock In Podcast and we're talking sport in this episode. Now a lot of the focus is on pubs showing sport, tapping into big tournaments to boost footfall, but there's also a community link with sport and pubs are well known for supporting local grassroots teams. To discuss this, I'm delighted to welcome two great guests, Terry Cole of the Royal Oak in Chapel Ash, Wolverhampton, and Dr. Claire Markham, Senior Lecturer of Sociology and Criminology at Nottingham Trench University. We've got a proper academic with us now, Heath. Um, it's the first, I think, on the yeah, uh, on I the podcast so, yeah. of uh, yes, yeah. So, guys, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. So, let, Terry, let's let's start with you. You run a, uh, a great community club, and you do a lot to support uh, local sports initiatives. Even, I believe, taking over the um, the local football team as well. Do you want to just tell us about that? What you've done and why you've done it? Um. Well. When we were approached about two and a half years ago, just after coming out of lockdown, we wanted to get ourselves out there again. It's been a been a very tough time for us all. So um, a bunch of lads that were from the out of the area came and were asking local pubs if they wanted a football team. It was against my better judgment at the time. I did actually say yes that I'd have a team. Um, to, to find out that I've got 22 lads coming in my pub now, completely complete strangers um, coming in, but. We went with it. We got involved. Um, as we live in Wolverhampton, I insisted that they were putting gold and black. Right. So we picked the nearest kit to the Wolves kit, um, <laughs> which that, we did. I was going to say, is badge, that a good thing? or uh... Took everything on. Uh, and we went from there. Um, the best thing about it is that we've, we've managed to 
sell the kits to other customers as well because they liked them better than the actual Wolf kit, Wolf's kit itself. So I think which was quite good for us. I mean, I, I do know now that there are, uh, luckily, some in Australia, there's some in Belgium, Holland, they've gone to Ireland, you know, there's some in Wales, they've gone everywhere and it's quite good because they've been sending them as posts of them wearing them in different countries. Brilliant. So it's an unexpected sideline as well. Yes, it's done well for us actually, I've got to admit. And, and I believe you, you've, you've gone beyond that, You're, you, you do support other teams and other initiatives as well. Yeah, we've just took on two netball teams, right? Uh, which has been very good for us, so that's a, that went quite well with the, with the gentlemen from the, from the football team, they were quite good because we've got now uh, two sides of about 25, 30 girls coming in on a Thursday night predominantly around this area Thursday night's quite quiet right. so they come in same in Mondays we mm. get them all coming in uh, which has been very good to us mm. um, we're also <laughs> we're associated with Old Wolves Hockey Club and we get seven of the hockey teams coming on a Saturday which helps us out through the winter mm. and they going to come in between the Wolves matches so that's an extra bit of revenue for us so yeah it's been very good for us lately so I mean, what, I, I guess I, you've answered this question. Certainly, why do it? And why is it important to the pub? Is it just about that that extra revenue, that footfall it brings in new punters, create the um, it Yes, it can be. But mm. I look at it this way: um, we've, me and my wife, have decided it's a brand, uh, and our pub is special. And ever since we did re- we did really well. We, I mean, we won a few awards, and we want to still keep our name fresh. We were given a lot of advice from the BII. They were brilliant with us. They said you need to keep yourself going, keep yourself in the in the um, in people's minds. Mm-hmm. So when people are walking around in our netball co- uh, tops, our football tops, our oats, you know, our Rollo t-shirts, people are going, "Oh, what's that pub? I need to come and visit it." So it works for us as well. And just that extra little bit of cost has probably helped us out massively uh, for people coming in. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, Claire, I mean, you, you've been doing research into sort of around this topic. You know, why 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 is uh, why is community sports so sort of connected and important to to pubs? Would you say? I think they've integrally, historically, gone together. Um, particularly in my research in rural areas, um, there's always been this connotation that sport and pubs are linked, whether it be the football team, whether it be the cricket team, a lot in rural areas, darts teams, pools teams. And I think if they're actually missing and people go into those spaces and they're not seeing those kind of things, then this, they feel like they're not capturing the experience of particularly a rural pub because that's what's expected within those areas. Um, and I think it is about kind of seeing it not just necessarily as a revenue kind of stream, which obviously it is as part of that, but it's also get if you can get the atmosphere right, if you can get the social atmosphere right, if you can get a brand like was mentioned and you can see that and people get to know you as being part of embedded within your community that then kind of helps bring in more people more regular kind of people which will in turn impact on the economic so for me it's about the kind of the linkage between the cultural the social and the economic and linked to that particularly in rural areas and again my research is about rural areas so Mm -hmm. I have to say this um 
a lot of it is influenced by what people expect a village pub to look like, to feel like, and embedded within that is this idea of community sport. Goes back historically to the whole village green idea about villages having village greens. You go and enjoy a cricket match on the village green, and then you go into the pub. So people have come to expect that within rural pubs, and I think one of the things that came across in my research very much across all the pieces I've done and all the kind of engagement I've done is that one of the things that often gets asked is have you got a sports team whether that be a darts team a football team do you engage with the local community Mm. because I think that part is the the essential part of the ingredient is the kind of further in kind of shown that the pub is embedded within the community it's an institution kind of if you like which is part of community and for the community mm. i think that's the part of it and it's part and it's kind of with it for it so it's about kind of showcasing that and showcasing that kind of like if you take me i as i've said kind of many a times i personally don't drink alcohol but i kind of do support my local kind of teams Similarly, um, when I was in kind of sports clubs when I was younger um, and we went to the pub afterwards, I would still engage within that kind of atmosphere. I wouldn't drink alcohol. I would have kind of another drink, but it was part of being there. It was part of being part of the community. Mm. So, again, I'm very kind of... It's showcasing, again, the pub in a different way than just challenging those ideas that pubs are just about alcohol. No, actually sport is part of it we're part we've embedded within that and it's kind of look at those aspects for me and is it i mean is it is it peculiarly or is it mostly focused around rural pubs this kind of concept of of, of like community engagement sport is it is it the village pub is that the main thing and more city center pubs tend to not engage in that way i think it's actually across all pubs um, I mean, I think I see it more personally within village pubs because that's where my research mm. is. Mm. Um, but we have to think that many city pubs, many urban pubs are also community pubs. Mm. Um, there are lots of kind of, if we're talking about kind of, there are lots of pubs that kind of focus on parts of their community. If we look at football clubs in the middle of city centres, for example, there might be two or three different teams across different kind of age groups. Mm. So... I think it's a kind of a different... It's not seen as much. It's not perceived, I would argue, as much as it is within a village. Because, again, what you hear, when you see and see people describe a village pub, you will tend to get things like a chocolate box scene, village green, Mm. football players coming in on a Sunday morning, those kind of idyllic Mm. kind of ideas. And I think that's become embedded within what the rural is, whereas I don't think you've got that so much within the urban, but I still think they play a key role in kind of the community aspect. I just don't think it's seen amongst the public as much as being an integral aesthetic part. Absolutely. I mean, Heath, you've got an urban pub in uh, in Highgate. Any, any leafy uh, village of Highgate? Leafy village of Highgate. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, any local football teams at? Uh, yeah, we get the uh, Arsenal. This one guy's on a Thursday night. They come in. It's like fifteen of them come mm. in and drink. And, and you sponsor? Do you? Uh, don't know. They've never asked me to actually. No, no. I mean, there's Arsenal down the road. I mean, yeah, I can't, sponsorship I can't deals with. Uh, yeah, maybe, <laughs> yeah, not happening yet. It's, it's yeah. worth a shot. It's yeah. worth a shot. Um, uh, t- 
Kerry, I mean, does it? Do you think it matters to you, sort of, what sports you support? Is it just what's happening in the area, or do you, or do you sort of seek out things that you know you that resonate more with you? Um, I think we, 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 when people come to us and speak to us about things, I mean, I just want to touch on the point there about rural and city pubs and everything mm. like that. When I'll go back about 10, 15 years when we were playing football, the, the lads, the older lads in here. And there'd be there was in Wolverhampton. There was one of the biggest leagues. We had ten leagues, a Premiership, uh, a Premier League for the better players. You know, the old um, sort of semi-professionals were playing that division. You know, and, and that sort of thing. Now there's only four divisions, and it shows that. And they're not pubs. They're not names of pubs anymore. They're they're random names of of whatever works teams or whatever or just lads getting together there's not many pubs out there anymore but we still have well, I found out that we had a tradition because we used to have a pub in the uh, a team in the 80s right so we brought that back so that's yeah. been very good for us mm-hmm. there's a few pubs around us that's just started to get rolling again getting uh, teams involved there's a big push on it at the moment because I've, I've said it before and I'll always keep saying it you've got to give people a reason to come to the pub now mm. and what we're seeing is with our football team and especially our netball team as well now the locals are starting to ask how the teams are getting on right okay they, they want to find out and they'll come in on the nights to see if them and speak to them yeah. and, and have a chat with them which is one of the best things I mean I'll put a, a really good one to you which is a great example um, Wolverhampton Wanderers have a massive supporters group in Sweden mm. it's huge they're absolutely bonkers for the for, for Wolverhampton Wanderers because in, in Sweden their football teams weren't any good and they used to see the old match of the days and at that time in the 70s Wolves were really good mm. so that they only saw the Wolves every, Sunday, every Saturday afternoon so the Swedish Wolves fans come over and they come over and they can watch the matches I have to update my website every Sunday at half past 12 when I know the results so in Sweden people can know our results on a, on a local match we get we get them coming to the games as well which is great for us they sponsor I mean all our players are all sponsored even all our girls they're all sponsored by local companies right, and they're okay. not projected ones who come into the pub mm-hmm. um, that's also it's proud for us we get yeah. them to go to the companies we get them to give them a certificate to say you sponsor me you, they, they go in their kits so you know it's something another connection there yeah. which has helped us well because you know how expensive things are nowadays to get fixed well, look, that's, to, that's to, it and, I, and I, that's, that was going to be my question too. I mean in terms of cost to you what what is the cost to you and, and, and how, how does that work how do you make that average, work an, an average football team now to run to run now in, in the Wolverhampton Sunday League £5,000 is going to go through the season right okay. I know it doesn't seem a lot but £5,000 is just for a bunch of lads kicking a football yeah predominantly they actually they they self fund themselves, mm. but the, the the sponsorship that we get in, we're quite we're quite lucky. We have two big sponsors who give us three hundred and fifty pounds each. They buy the they buy the kits, they buy the training stuff. We've had the same with the girls in the netball. They've had a load of stuff given to those as well. All their kits are supplied for them. It's just and the community is really proud of these teams at the mm. moment, mm. And, and it's really good. And 
it's showing as well in results for the teams. They're, they're they are really unhappy if they lose. Yeah, yeah. They're also ecstatic if they win, and it keeps going and it going. Yeah, and yeah. you can feel the buzz if the football team win on a Sunday. The netball team have got to win on a Monday because it's a challenge between themselves, <laughs> and, and it seems to work, and it's good. It's so really, guess, really. Important. So you, you, I mean, you, you then in. So I guess to fund it and to do it, you interconnect with the businesses. So it, that again exposes or increases your, that community sort of uh, engagement and sort of interaction with the whole thing, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I mean, I, I help, I help, I help fund it quite well, mm. quite a lot. Mm. I've got to admit that. Um, but I wanted to get it started. I mm. could see a good thing coming, and I yeah. wanted to get it started. And I'm, and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm feeling the benefits of it now. Yeah, football teams coming in, netball teams coming in, other people coming in. Yeah, it's worked for us. Fantastic. We're we're in close season now for the for the football. So we now do negotiations with a new new supplier to get us new kits and new sponsorships. So it's 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 got the ball rolling as well. Yeah, fantastic, brilliant, guys. Well, we are out of time, but thank you very much for that. Some really interesting thoughts, sir. You're listening to the Lock In Podcast with myself, Ed Bennington, Nikki Thatcher and Heath Ball. We're focusing on sport and pubs in this episode and now we're going to take a look at how you can get things right, particularly when it comes to the technical setup. To help us with that, I'm delighted to welcome top guest Scott Murray of Bar Sports. Scott, thanks for joining us. Hi, Ed. Good stuff, thank you. Um, I mean, to start off, just tell us a bit about Bar Sport. What, what is that? What is your business? Okay, um, well, we opened in 1998, an old rank bingo hall. I saw the concept of the sports bars years ago. I was in the boxing business and I was training over there and saw the sports bar business in the in the 80s in Houston, Texas. So I sort of stole the idea and a dream came true. We found this old premises and it's um, a yeah, big, big old venue, um, two floors, 1,200 capacity, five bars and over 100 screens. So it's a, it's a big venue. We did a lot, of, a lot of events there as well. Wow. Okay, so that, that's 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 quite a setup. Gosh, you need your own you need your own reactor to keep that place alight. <laughs> I mean, it, it, so I mean, you can't run a sports bar without having to invest in in decent kit, you know, uh, sound, vision, all that kind of thing. Um, just talk us through that. You know, how much have you had to invest? What have you done uh, around sound and vision? Well, Christ, I mean, it's never ending. You know, it's like the fourth bridge, really. We, we've sort of invested over, over the years. Uh, when we first opened back in 98 um, I think we only had sort of 22 screens then yeah. and and of course then uh, we didn't even have LED screens they were, they were the big ones with the big backs on them and right. uh, and TVs were anything costing anything up to £3,000 a screen you know but wow. of course now they come right down in price you're probably as good getting a good LG from your local Comet or Curry's as anywhere else um, I think they do it just as cheap mm. for, for I think the secret is to get good positioning and ensure the good cabling for it. So you've got HDMI or HD cabling, so you've got good 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 pictures, and that's that's down to it really. It's, it's nothing um, too technical. Just um, making sure you, you've got you do it right, and, and it's you've got a good in, installation of it. I mean, so essentially, when you're sourcing stuff, then I mean, are you literally doing that? Are you just popping to a to 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 an electrical shop? You're not having to go to any sort of um, technical expertise or, or things like that. These days, yeah, it's as simple as that. Mm. Um, I mean, during COVID, we did a bit huge outdoor area in our car park and put um, big shipping containers in and chopped the sides off and put TVs in there. And I literally went down to the local Comet, bought 
12 screens for 200 quid each and and we got our guy to stick him in the in the in the, in the, in the uh, containers and away we went you know so um but i think yeah you can get it as cheap now from the local stores as you can anywhere else and get a warranty on it and they're just as good um years ago we would have used a supplier and it would have cost a few thousand pounds more but uh, if you start at a sports bar just look around just shop around and get the best deal Mm. And um, I mean, in terms of um, your, uh, you, how many screens? You said you got. You started with twenty-two. How many? How many screens do you have now? So we've got over a hundred screens now. Okay. Um, yeah, wow. um, I think there's something I don't know, hundred and twelve or hundred eleven, something like that. But it, it's well over a hundred and uh, six giant screens, and that includes the screens outside as well, outdoor. Right. The TVs in the containers so it's yeah and even in the toilets you've got TVs in the toilets <laughs> and, and screens are one part of it but also sound I mean how do you do you, do you have any sort of separate systems for that because uh, I guess if you're going to try and zone off places and do zones you need to be sort of focused on, around those areas so how, how do you how do you how do you deal with the sound yeah certainly so yeah um, areas are zoned um, obviously you know you've got the rugby on at the same time as the football you want to keep your rugby fans happy because they're very fickle. Um, so you've got to have that, that rugby sound for that particular area. We do have a, a separate rugby zone, or as we call it, a, a, a Guinness rugby bar. But um, yeah, you've got to zone it, and it's quite simple to do that, obviously, with, with, with different amplifiers and different speakers. So it's, it's not as complicated as it seems. And, and you mentioned outdoors as well. I mean, is, is there anything you factor in when you obviously you've, you've got to deal with the weather, uh, or are you simply when you did it, you putting them inside shipping containers to protect them? How, how have you dealt with that? Yeah, that's all we did. The the outdoor screens are, are really expensive. I think they're two or three thousand each. You know, that you get the, the, the really good ones. So um, yeah, we just got, again got the LG screens from the local Comet and Couriers and put them in the shipping containers. They're weather protected. And initially we were bringing them in. Um, if the weather was really bad, we'd, we'd, we'd literally clip off and we'd bring them back inside. But um, they, if the weather's okay, we'll leave them out there. Um, and, um, yeah, I think there's probably 16 or 17 screens outside now. And, and how often are you replacing equipment? Is it, is it sort of, are you um, saying something like the fourth bridge? It's sort of an ongoing kind yeah, of... Yeah, well, you, you do, obviously. But they're, they're not manufactured as well as they were years ago right. so the, this stuff you know as you know if you've got stuff at home it only lasts a few years so mm. I, I guess it'll be probably two, two or three years we're slowly replacing screens but we've still got some stuff that, that been, we've got we've had for years you know probably I'm guessing there's some screens thinking they're probably 15 16 years old and they're still working great mm. So yeah, not not a big one on just replacing everything because it's the latest trend, or we're going to change them to the latest Sony Bravia screen. As long mm. as it's a good picture and it's a good position, then um, the customers are more than satisfied with that. Have you ever looked at, at sponsorship? I know I think was it Sports Bar and Grill did yeah. for a while, didn't they? They had sort of uh, Sony screens and they they got a sponsorship deal. Is that something you've ever looked into? Um, yeah, we're in a little town. In Cannock, Staffordshire, it's an old mining town, so getting sponsorship is a lot more difficult in Cannock than it would be for central London. I, I do know Sports Bar and Grill, and they did a great job of that. But, um, yeah, a bit more difficult. Uh, we've got, we have had sponsorship, but not with the TV right, um, okay. manufacturers, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, so, yes, yeah, so normally it's by, by the suppliers that sponsored the, the screens. Right, okay. Um, so, yeah, certainly 
Cause and Diageo have been a huge help in the past. Mm, mm. And what I mean, you, you've you've got, clearly got a, a bit of a beast of a business. I mean, I'm, I'm not even going to guess what your electricity bill is for 120 odd screens, whatever it was. Um, <laughs> I got it. Yeah, eye watering. <laughs> I imagine at the moment. Um, I mean, what makes a great sports bar? Would you say? I'd say dedication to the sport. Um, so our rule has always been that we, we'll always show the sport. We've got a 24 hour license to show sport if there's uh, boxing or rugby on at whatever time in the morning so we'll, we'll guarantee it's on well, I'm convinced over the years and as I said we've been here 25 years now that because people know that it's on mm-hmm. they know that that one week the, the biggest mistake that some pubs make is that one week they'll have the support on and the next week they'll have a karaoke on instead and that's a huge mistake I think you've got to guarantee it's on no matter what the time and it's got good viewing and um, obviously good sound for it Mm. And, and, and as simple as that really just just make sure you, you're showing it that, that's, that's the secret and, and we were talking about sort of uh, off air earlier you were talking about sort of elevating the sporting occasion and, 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 and bringing things to life in a different way getting getting people along How, tell us a bit about that what do you do? ok so we've got a um, very big function suite next door to us um, seats 400 people so we've over the years we've become famous for hosting a number of, of sporting dinner shows and that's everybody from Sunday lunch with Pele to nine of the original England 66 team to a rugby lunch with Martin Johnson and what we've really become famous for the boxers so Anthony Joshua did his first dinner show with us when Floyd Mayweather came to the UK he did his first show with us Um, and everybody Lennox Lewis um, doesn't do shows but he did a, a dinner show with ourselves and that sort of enforces the fact that we're obviously serious about sport and it certainly creates a lot of publicity around around the fact that, that we have well, those so, sort of um, celebrities at our venue. Well, I think and, you need uh, a, I think you need to capitalise on that and get some sponsorship. Yeah, we're in a small mining town where we've got all these people coming down. Yeah, that's what, right. What, what's the most? We, we do get a bit. What, um, what's what's the biggest name you've had? Would you say? I'd probably say Pele. Um, Pele's a big one. He's gone now. We want to get much bigger yeah. than Pele, um, and Pele couldn't do the great story with that in the local papers that Pele at the time couldn't do the Rio Olympics because he'd hurt his hip and he right. simply couldn't do the steps up to, to light the torch so to light the, the, the yeah, to light the, the, the big torch at the top so but the front page was that um, Pele can't do the Olympics but he can come to Canuck <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it was, it was yeah good news um, Floyd Mayweather obviously uh, wasn't the easiest to deal with um, mm-hmm. but all <laughs> his 26 entourage um, but <laughs> That, um, but yeah, for me, a lot of the boxers, marvelous Marvin Angler was probably one of my favourites. Um, Amanda Holyfield and a few of the other other boys there. But um, yeah, uh, and Martin Johnson, I'd, I'd say was right. was probably one of the, the good speakers. But yeah, thoroughly enjoy it myself, and it's um, as much as a business is a hobby as well. Yeah, yeah. And Scott, how do you kind of make it so that everybody is welcome? Do you kind of allow? kids in or do you, do you is it somewhere for everybody how do you how do you go about um, that kind of thing yeah i'd, I'd say well we, we, have, we have a children's license so we'll allow children until uh, seven o'clock mm. um not keen on on kids running around if it's really busy yeah. big sport events uh we're I'm more conscious of their safety more than anything else but i'd say we're more of an adult venue than than a family venue um we have late, late night entertainment on at weekends we're open until three o'clock in the morning Right, as a Saturday, and as I said, a 24-hour license if there's if there's uh, live sports on. So um, yeah, aiming for a more of an adult market, 
and and um, and that seems to work for us, you know. So. And what about women's sport? Is that something that you've kind of tapped yeah. into? Yeah, so, certainly. And you know, um, for the for the women's Euros last year, um, just great to see a totally different crowd out there. And with them uh, drinking gin and tonics in the garden, watching the sport, compared to the guys there drinking jobs of beer, you know, different clientele. I think it's fabulous, really. Is and there's certainly a bit big, um, big following now for the football and for the rugby. Yeah, and, and for the boxing as well. So you know, you're looking at the likes of Katie Taylor. He's got a huge fan base. So um, yeah, women's sport certainly something that's attracted a different clientele for us. Fantastic, brilliant. Well, we are out of time there, Scott, but thank you very much for that, and uh, we'll leave you to uh, to get back to the sport. You're listening to the Lock In Podcast, and we're at the end of this week's episode. We've been talking sport, a topic close to all three of our hearts. Yay, go Jits. I love sport. Love it. Big fan. I mean, uh, it, it, get me my lycra. It, I mean, you, you two have been so engaged throughout this entire um, podcast with um, with your hey, sporting enthusiasm. You can, you can make digs at Heath about that, but I actually have been. So, have you? Yeah, whatever. just you watched yeah. the Ryan Reynolds documentary. You watched one documentary, and you're <laughs> a fucking, fucking expert. expert. Yeah, number like, one sports fan now. Oh yeah, yay, go Nikki. Mm-hmm, that's me. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, Heath. Yep. If we convert you, you're going to be off out buying screens. No, fuck that. Put them in your pubs. No. All of your pubs. No. None of your pubs. No. Oh, we played at the Winlock. We play sport at the Winlock. And oh, why is that? Why is Now why he is tells. That? I mean, we've done the entire fucking episode on sport. Yeah, what do you want me to say? And he's not mentioned it once. Oh, we only played, like, you know, like, important games Tiddly and weeks. shit. Yeah, like yeah, we don't... why do you play it at the Winlock? Because it's just, it's, it's, it's a boozer. It's like we don't do food, so it's just beers and yeah, stuff. So, so, so it was interesting what, um, what yeah, what the guys were saying about food earlier. But sports always kind of been traditionally a wet led pub yeah. aspect, hasn't it? But people are trying it. These guys are trying it. The high end places are trying it. Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. because like I think it was Steve said, you've got to, you, you can't just expect people to come oh, out. Everyone's saying that. Yeah. You've got to do more these days. You've got to do more. Yeah, but, yeah, but we you were do. You can't just rely on your abusive yeah. TripAdvisor reviews to get people to come in to see whether you're going to abuse them, Heath. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> fucking, maybe that's the angle. Uh, yeah, no, but you do. But the thing is, you can't be shit and you've got to do better. You know what I mean? That's like anything in life. You know what I mean? So you've got to do different stuff. This is true. Sorry, Nikki, you were saying before we oh, really interrupted. I've forgotten now. Don't worry about it. I'm sorry. Early, Early onset. <laughs> oh, it's just, I was interrupted, so, you know, I'll just keep oh, quiet. God. Are you going to sulk? Yep. Oh, she's got nothing to say. She's actually forgotten what she was going to say. I've got plenty to say. (laughs) I just don't want to share it now. Like we're in we're in we're in the we're in the the ball in Stratford, and there's screens everywhere, and it's very colourful, and yeah. what do, what do you show at the at the Wednesday? Well, we, I think just like when England's playing some big game, or so you don't have a, you're not on you haven't got Sky or no, BT. No, 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 we just got like, normal terrestrial TV. Just on, okay. With with the license, might I add. Yes, I'm glad to. You've got to keep the BBC going. Yay, go BBC! Anyway, um, sport I think is re- is really important to as I was saying earlier, like to so many pubs, and I think about. Like, my husband, we don't have Sky Sports at home because if there's football on, he will go out with his friends to watch it. There's pointless us having it. But you don't want all his mates around the house. Absolutely not, no. You I'd imagine. rather in the pub. Yeah, exactly. Go I away. think that's why, you know, it's not... Like, no one no one wants everybody around the house trashing the place. <laughs> Do my know? friends don't trash my house. Send round to Heath. <laughs> yeah, she's stayed at my house. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. What have we learned today? Um, 
Well, I, I think Don Collin made some good points though, on on that dwell time, isn't it? I mean, yeah. you, you, we and, and the fact that you know all the emphasis on on sporting pubs is energy seems to be focused on football, 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 mm. yeah. and the reality is, you know, you've still got that sort of fifty seven percent of stuff that. Yeah, it's 50, people it were 43 percent sort of football, 50, and then 57 percent. Yeah. You know, there's a whole Premier load of other stuff going going yeah. around it. But I guess it, I suppose because it's, it's harder work because it, it's not it's not low hanging fruit. You know, you've got to work harder at it. I mean, you remember when we went to see uh, Paul of the famous Three Kings? Yeah. You know, the the, the stuff uh, he did. I mean, was it was insane. It was insane though. Like he's got like every. Like some sports, crazy games going mm. on around the world. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Hungarian handball. Yeah, like you know, it's all that. Like it's really niche. Yeah. Some of it. You know but he, I mean? he makes it work and he works it and he gets the people in and, you know, he's got dedicated sort of fans that come to him because he shows us. So it, it's it's about devoting. But, I mean, not every pub or, or operation can devote themselves nah, to man, that. They're, they're, but for a lot of these guys, it's a passion that also is a paid job. Yeah. And, and you know, surrounded but, but I think you can we can all do maybe a, a little bit more with what we've got it doesn't have to be to the level of showing Hungarian handball but if you're thinking about you know yeah, like pre this World Cup I'd put a TV in the front yard and do that and I played out the front yard on the red but then it's just like it just changes the whole dynamics of everything mm. do you know what I mean mm-hmm. maybe if England ever got through to the FA Cup Again, England, England. the FA Cup. I'm not sure England oh, playing. No. Hey, 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 I mean, I'm not a sports fan. Oh, wow. I know that. Oh, wow. I mean, the World Cup, sorry. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. There we go. Australians are supposed to be really Mate, sports. This is what I don't right, care. So, yeah. But if we ever got through the World Cup again, mm. you guys, not me, because we don't, um, it, you'd play it, wouldn't you? Everywhere we'd play it. Yeah. But there's no, like, playing when it was on at Christmas, it just it just conflicted with the trade. It's a stupid yeah. idea. Mm. Stupid mm. idea, you know? Like, mm. so. Yeah. Terry made some interesting points about kind of sponsor, sponsoring local teams and, yeah. Stuff yeah. and having those local teams as part of your business because that's almost like an, it's going to be a guaranteed income. Let's say it's a Sunday morning football league that you've got a football team in or your pub's got a football team in. That's then the footballers from your team coming back, the footballers from yeah, the we, other we, team. We sponsor back. the local football team with the win lock as well. I forgot about this. I forget. Oh, oh, man, oh, the guy just, just don't oh, pay attention. Yeah. You're too busy looking at your phone. No, it's just, it's just getting facts. Yeah, we spoke mm. a lot. We, we spoke mm. a lot with them. They bring right. them all back. They drink. Yeah. Gets exactly. raucous. They've got the margaritas. I mean, that would there. have been really interesting to have heard during that discussion, wouldn't it? And, and mm. to get Heath's insight. And, well, I was uh, listening to the experts. <laughs> I was listening to the experts. I'm just, you know. Brilliant. But yeah, it all like anything to bring people in to drink. But it was also the, that interconnection that it's not just the, the football team, but he gets other businesses to sponsor. Yeah, it's cute. And it just builds our network. Swedish it? people coming over. Oh there my go, God, man. I was sitting there thinking. Ask your wife. Oh she a fan of fools. She just does all these crazy gym stuff. She's a fan of what? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, I just wondered where that was going now. I was, I was waiting for a rant, uh, kind of rant to follow that, but um, no, no. Um, well, I think we've we've probably uh, sported ourselves out on... Uh, I've really enjoyed it. I've had I, a great time. You have not. You I sat have. There. I have. I'm a real girl. I've asked I, more questions than you have. Uh, that's true. She yeah. has, actually. I have nothing well, I mean, to contribute. It's like, oh, you do. You've just you've just said. You've just waited till the end the and then revealed. Oh, yeah, I just forget. Could have contributed that earlier. You but I'm letting these. I'm letting the experts talk. Your people on here have got lots more knowledge than me. Why is he on it then? No, God knows. No, we're not sports. Like anything else, I'm a genius. <laughs> I'm like a. I'm like a. I'm like a wine pub savant. savant. Pub savant. Oh, yeah, a good one. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Isn't that somebody who's a bit weird and stupid? No. But clever about one thing. I can think of other words ending in. <laughs> 
<laughs> I can think of many words to describe him. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, I'm going to draw things to a close before uh, somebody yeah, gets Hey, well, uh, listen, I just want to ask, like, uh, when's your cycling ride? You're doing <laughs> a charity bike ride. I'm doing a charity bike ride. I've, That's I've, a sport. I've just... Looking at you, and, yep. and, and do you are you actively training, or yes. you are? Yes. And do you have a pedal bike? We're using I've got stabilizers. You got an electric yeah. bike. And a basket. Are no. you are you actually training? I am actually training. Yes. But are you thinking because you're training really hard that you can you can do another seven thousand calories of beer a day? Because um, you've had quite a few points today. On the grounds that uh, your wife might listen. <laughs> <laughs> she never listens. So when's this bike ride? Uh, it is on June the 9th. <laughs> Very soon. <laughs> Very Mate, you need to... Wow. You need to get on that bike, man. Thank You're you. making things harder for yourself. Thank you for that, Heath. Uh, that vote of confidence has, oh, has buoyed me You can forwards. do it, um, yeah, And uh, maybe, that, maybe I should get more sponsorship out of him for that abuse. I gave yeah. you enough. Mm. Hey, do I get my money back if you don't finish it? <laughs> <laughs> Click. If I die, no. If you die. Yeah. You didn't think that, did you? Do I get the money back if you die, though? No. No. Oh, shit. No. Well, then Sam will have to set up a GoFundMe page to pay for your funeral. <laughs> All chip in. Brilliant. On that note, I am going to draw it to a close. That is it for this episode. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already and share far and wide on social media. Maybe even tell your mum. We will be back next time with more pub-based shenanigans. So until then... Enjoy the sport, all of the sport. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.